Hello, you're in the Sin Bin with Cindy Nightingale, giving you a snapshot inside sports. I'm a sports photojournalist in Minnesota, bringing you conversations with coaches, athletes, and others about the trending topics and the latest news inside the sports world. Let's get started. Please welcome James Fisher into the Sin Bin today. He is a long snapper um, coming out of Jefferson, playing baseball and football, among other things he's done at the school, and also had a very esteemed, accomplished, long snapping football career at uh, NDSU. So welcome, James. Thank you, Sydney. I appreciate it. That's a great intro. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> well, I... Um, just, uh, I remember the last time um, I spoke to you when you were at Jefferson, you were just uh, just learning how to be a long snapper at that time, as I recall. Right, and, right. <laughs> and so since you left, um, why don't you give us a little, little breakdown of um, how you got to NDSU? Uh, well, first, I would like to thank you because you were uh, you were actually there recording me. I don't know if you, you remember that recording me the, when I made a, a video or a DVD to send out to colleges. So oh, thank yeah. You for that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so um, uh, long snapping is is I think it comes about the same for most people where um, it's just something that you find a way to do to get on the field. Okay. Um, a lot of people can't figure it out. And that's kind of what happened in high school and coming down to the senior banquet. Um, the thing that was talked about the most was, was my long snapping ability. <laughs> um, so with that being in the fall of senior year, <clears throat> kind of got my wheels turning and I was trying to also uh, play baseball in college. So I, I was loving the opportunity if I was able to do both. Okay. Um, Obviously, you were around, and, and we had talked. You you were around the school a lot. Um, what I was doing, working out for um, to become a long snapper, to learn that process, be able to send out videos, to eventually get recruited. Okay. Um, it also helped that uh, Nick Zilka uh, put it in my ear um, to go to NDSU, and he he obviously was a a former pretty great lineman at NDSU, had a great career. Um, and some little pro stints afterwards. Um, so that got my attention. It was one of six schools that I think I sent your um, your film to. Okay. Um, ended up only getting a response out of three out of those six schools. Um, and the one that was most attractive by far was NDSU. With, as a part of recruiting, um, every kid finds it out, and hopefully they know it early. Um, that they need to look at what the what the team has now and what they're going to be in need for, so you know your chances and what to expect when you get to the school. Okay. Um. So NDSU was, I mean, was right up there at the top where I was going to have an opportunity to to start for four years, and that doesn't happen too often for any athlete. So that was definitely attractive. It was close to home, which wasn't my main goal, um, really. <laughs> and going further north of Minneapolis wasn't wasn't in the cards either, but. Having that opportunity was was hard to beat with the environment, the crowd, and and their success. Uh, to be a part of that was just um, more than I could have ever imagined um, before I walked out of Jefferson. Oh, I'm sure. And it looks like you made quite a uh, impression at NDSU, and you made the most of your career there because I see 
Um, you uh, were all American. You are all first team for comp all conference um, and on the honor roll. So you not only did it in the classroom, but you also did it on the field as well. Right. Yeah. And like <laughs> I said, it, it was more than I ever could have imagined going to NDSU uh, for the five years I did being able to, to play and actually beat um, FBS, FBS schools. Um, my first ever game was at Iowa state in Ames, Iowa mm -hmm. in front of 60,000, which was, which was unbelievable <laughs> oh, um, Wow! to over the four years of me starting winning three national championships. That's unheard of. Yeah. Um, junior year being able to snap for a game winning field goal against the number 11 ranked Iowa Hawkeyes and there you go. hearing, hearing 60,000 people going dead silent in a second because of something you were a part of is pretty, pretty freaking cool. <laughs> That's the bison for you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's one of a kind up there. Yeah. What, what was, once you got there and you started working on the team, what was the one thing that you take away from your experience at NDSU? Um, easily. The first thing that comes to mind is, is how important culture is. Okay. Um, to make sure. And when I say that it, it's, it's obviously there's a, there's a winning culture and, and people just need to know how to succeed. But, but a part of that is, is making sure that everybody on the team is buying into the process that the coach is bringing to the table. Okay. Um, and that comes with a lot of harshness because I, I watched a lot of guys that I knew that I was friends with um, that kind of had an ego about them, kind of wanted to do their own thing and were, were had a little selfish mindset. Those guys get weeded out very fast. Okay. Um, okay. And I think that's a huge success. Not that you need to kick people out all the time, but, but if, if you are very strict on your culture, how it needs to be, and you don't want any cancers apart, just as, I mean, I've learned that a lot um, just in the business world too. It's the same thing. If you're trying to make a team and, and achieve your goals, everybody needs to be on board and you can't have people being selfish, looking out for, for themselves, but looking out for what's best for the team and how they can contribute. That is the most important thing. And NDSU does that in every sector What like the strength coach, he's easily the backbone of NDSU um, okay. creates the work, um, work ethic and everybody gets you used to waking up at five in the morning and not caring. Um, Ooh, five yeah. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Five thirty workouts. You got to wake up at five and even in the winter, you got to hope and pray your car starts. So you're not late. Uh, I don't know. You got to really love it. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely do. And, and the people that stay, um, there's a, there's a saying up on the wall, um, of the locker room with those that those who stay will be champions and that doesn't hold hold any more true than than at NDSU and you can see it eight out of the last nine years national championships and mm -hmm. um, multiple um, draft picks gonna have our second probably first round um, quarterback pick um, there's just a lot going on and, and that community is is huge at NDSU. The whole state is either Bison football or UND hockey. That's just how it is. Mm -hmm. um, and to be able to have that is, I mean, it was, it was a dream come true. And then some, I just, I didn't know what to expect, but man, walking into that and being able to be a part of success like that, that's going to, um, that's going to help me out um, for the rest of my life and in, in business professional and just being attached to a bunch of people that, that were a part of such success at NDSU for the rest of my life. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I mean, and you've left quite a legacy there at the school yourself. Um, 
I can only imagine that the winning ways continue because they continue to get the, the right kind of players that play for that culture there. Absolutely. Yeah. And senior leadership, uh, junior, senior leadership, the guys who have been there, um, those are those are huge, impactful people to the kids coming in Okay. Um, to, to hold young kids accountable when they get out from under mom and dad's wing and they just want to do whatever they want to do um, to keep those guys in check. That's huge. If you can start off kids early to learn that, um, that helps a ton. And I think that helped me a lot um, just with eventually, yeah, earning the, the All-American for, for a couple of years, the All-Conference few years, and, and the honor roll. <clears throat> that was just a product of, of me buying into the culture, really. And I, I appreciate that to the fullest. And I go back and thank those guys every time, given the opportunity, because um, they deserve it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just awesome to, to that it keeps going because some schools are just like they're they're a few year legacy, and then they drop off. Coaches change, whatever. But what's holding NDSU together over three different head coaches is is the culture staying the same. And it's very easy to see that. Yeah, yeah. So when you, all good things have to come to an end, as they say. And so yeah. your run your run at NDSU came, and um, what did what was your thinking? What did you decide to do after, after you graduated? What were you thinking? Uh, so when I graduated, I was, I was all in on, on going to the NFL, um, okay. all in fully committed. I, I had worked jobs, internships, um, to save up money on top of the scholarship and all, and what we got for cost of attendance, but worked jobs to, uh, to save up money because I knew that long snapping doesn't come with the high paying agents that take care of, the training, the housing, the food, mm-hmm. um, everything that's needed to train to get to the next level. So I was like, shoot, I don't know what my future looks like. I know what I want to try to do. Um, okay. So so I worked in college. Um, mm-hmm. And then walking out of NDSU, I was, I was all in making my life decisions solely based on training for pro day, um, NFL workouts, whatever, whatever was going to be presented for me as an opportunity. Um, I did everything possible to okay. uh, to prepare for that. Okay, because don't most teams just carry one long snapper, correct? So yeah. yep. So your 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 chances of getting on a team are narrowed just because there's only one on there. And there is 32 jobs in the world to be an NFL long snapper. Yes. So yep. that that kind of narrows <laughs> narrows it down quite a bit. It's not like you're mm-hmm. you know. Um, going to be a backup or anything like that so you did you train here in the cities or did you go elsewhere um where did you go after you left NDSU uh so right away through my dad having a connection in college with his old roommate um his old roommate happened to be one of the bigger trainers known throughout the NFL um down Mm -hmm. in Atlanta Georgia area um Mm -hmm. he's trained over 1700 um, NFL athletes that have been on rosters at one point or another. Um, and just having that connection, I was invited with open arms um, okay. to come down uh, to Atlanta and use those three months. However, I saw fit with using him for training, his facility for me working on my snapping and also being amongst a bunch of guys who need to do position stuff and me being able to work with them having to learn how to block and snapping, being able to block professional guys that, that I'm essentially going to try to get a job for. Um, okay. was 
great experience. So, I mean, life circumstances have, have been a huge blessing for me. Um, God's been looking out and, and helping me out chasing my dreams. And um, it's been an awesome two and a half years so far. Okay. Um, chasing that. Okay. Now, long snapping for those who are not real familiar. Um, is there a technique to it? Is there a strength to it? Is it both? What makes a really successful long snapper? That's a phenomenal question. I'm going to try to try to break it down um, as simple as possible. Okay. Um, so for those the people that don't know, it's the guy that snaps it 15 yards to the punter um, and seven yards or eight yards to the holder for field goals and PATs. And okay. so, I mean, I would say a lot of it, if not most of it for sure is, is definitely technique. Being able to throw a spiral with two hands on the ball through your legs upside down. Um, some people like to like to say we're upside down quarterbacks. Okay. Um, I guess I could go along with that. Um, okay. Being as accurate as we need to be at 15 yards. But, yeah, so learning the process of – there's so much timing that goes into it. I've taught a lot of kids and helped them out. With timing, you got to use your legs. you got to use your hands. There's a whole body motion and timing to it if, if you want to get to that type of a level where you're being very accurate. Um, it's, it's not a very sexy position like the quarterback and you're not going to be in the headlines and you're not going to um, be able to, to really make noise any, on any team unless you're bad at your job, which is kind of <laughs> yeah. brings a whole different pressure to it. No one really knows who the long snapper is until he messes up. Exactly. As soon as there's a bad snap, especially if it's a pressure situation, they're going to know all about you at that point. <laughs> 100%. 100 And really, you're aiming to be that, not that guy, is yeah. really what, what your whole training is about, is to not be that guy that's known. Yeah. I, I, I would never want to be that guy. And just the pressure not even wanting to be that guy makes it tough, too, because, it, you know. It does, but it also, I mean, it, it gives you a whole different sense of, of, of pride, really. You don't take pride in scoring touchdowns. You don't take pride in really being a part of the big plays, um, but you mm -hmm. are learning and training yourself mentally to, to train to be out of that kind of a spotlight. Um, okay. I mean, it's, it's, that's where I think to be a long snapper and to be okay with it and, and enjoy what you do you really have to be the ultimate team player. Like you're working your butt off just like everyone else for the mm -hmm. least amount of attention, mm -hmm. which is totally yeah. fine. And, and that's where you learn teamwork that everybody mm -hmm. has their own role and you need to master that um, to be a part of the best team possible. Okay. All right. I, 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 I'm with you on that and I, I totally agree. Um, so tell me now we're we have we're training, we're working out in Atlanta, and we get a phone call or we hear from some teams. Yeah, so there was the uh, the draft day process. Okay. Um, I had worked out for the Dolphins, the Giants, the Ravens, um, and I think there was one more that I may be missing, but um, that all kind of happens in the process people don't really see it but those individual workouts 
they'll send a scout or the special teams coordinator to your college facility. You meet them there and they run you through a workout. Okay. Um, so, so that happened on multiple occasions, get to draft or the draft day snappers, maybe one gets drafted a year. Um, so you're hoping you're that guy. Okay. So, so after that whole process went through, um, I ended up in Chicago for their rookie mini camp. Okay. Didn't sign a contract. Um, but then I got called back for their veterans, um, mini camp, which is like three or four weeks later during OTAs. I wasn't at OTAs, but ended up coming back and kind of a crazy story was the special teams coordinator from the Ravens called me as I was getting dressed for the last practice, um, for the bears. Okay. And he said, well, you know what, if, if they don't end up signing you, I want you to come to Baltimore for our veterans camp with it being in a couple of days. So I actually went through the process, didn't sign a contract in Chicago, came back home for about 36 hours and f- was out to Baltimore. Wow. Okay. So quick, quick turnaround. Yeah. Um, that was, that was super fun um, just to be able to do that. And so went through those four days, didn't get signed with Baltimore, unfortunately. Um, and then went through the season. The new AAF league was starting up that spring league. I don't know if you remember hearing about that or not. Yeah. Vaguely. I remember um, it starting up. Yeah, so through the process of going back and forth, my agent, workouts, the whole deal, um, I ended up playing with the team in Arizona okay. called the Hot Shots. Okay. Then the and then the whole league got cut, shut down, went bankrupt after week eight. Um, now I'm back at Atlanta again, training for um, workouts and everything um, for the NFL again. Okay. Which ended up going through a few months. Um, I found myself at uh, Cleveland's Cleveland Browns uh, veterans camp. Okay. Went through that. Didn't get a contract, but at, before the last practice was over, I was talking with uh, Odell Beckham and actually ended up getting a pair of his cleats from him no. um, nice. at his locker um, <laughs> before I ended up taking off. Nice. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. So I got those. Um, and then a few months passed, I got called by the Detroit Lions guys to do to do what is it called a competitive workout. Okay. So for me, they bring me in. They're going to run us through a workout, but they bring in two other guys as well. So there's three of us long snappers pretty much doing a workout all against each other okay. at their practice facility. Okay. Were so they... we... Go ahead. Nope, that's what did you, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, were they looking to replace their long snapper? Is that why they were doing a competitive so, workout at that time? Uh, so there's kind of a security thing that people do in in December where they give workouts for futures contracts because they don't know what the college kids are gonna be like coming out. Um, so they like to lock guys up for futures contracts for the next year. Okay. Um, for what will become. Um, competing for a job once those camps start again in um may okay may or june mm-hmm. so that's what that's what the workout was for there was three long snappers i ended up winning that workout and signed a futures contract for i mean it's it's three years but when you sign a contract the nfl unless you're one of the big guys nothing's guaranteed right um so i ended up actually getting released before being able to show up 
and that was about three or four weeks after the whole pandemic thing took off. Okay. Um, so we weren't able to show up for camp. I wasn't able to do practices, get film, and I got a call on a Sunday afternoon um, from the GM saying I'd been released. Okay. So how were you feeling about that at that point? Because the pandemic was setting in, everything was kind of uncertain, sports were kind of not happening. Where was your mind? Where was your mindset at that point? Uh, it was tough. Definitely tough. Um, just random Sunday afternoon. You definitely don't see something like that coming. No. Um, so, you know, it, it was tough, but I can't say it was heartbreaking. You know, it's, yeah, it's my dream. And I had a contract and I was very confident in that and that I was going to be able to go perform well and have a chance at winning a job. But when it comes down to something like, like this, um, no one can plan for it. And it's something that it's just like everything else. Like you can only control what you can control. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got my opportunity. I made the best of it. I won the workout. That's all I could ask of myself. And if I'm not able to show up and I get released, then that's just how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, but I got no regrets. I mean, I, I, I trained, I kept training. Um, every day of the week, uh, I found a place at home when I was at home for that time because I was planning on flying out from Detroit. Okay. So I, I found a place to train, put my all into it. And if that's how it ended, then I have to be okay with that and just keep being ready for, for the next thing that happens. Okay. So what's the next step? Okay. So now we've kind of, we, we've, we've moved on from the Lions um, situation and you're now back in Minneapolis or, or are we back in Atlanta at this point? So after I got released from the Lions, I had quite a bit to think about. Um, mm-hmm. And so to kind of cut that story down, that I mean, really, it just came down to my decision was that I wanted to to kind of start my life, chap- my next life chapter um, in Atlanta. Okay. So as of about a month ago, I packed it up and, and moved down here. Okay. So were you kind of thinking, okay, I've gone, maybe this dream is, is gone as far as it's going to go, and I'm going to start doing my adulting at this point? Yeah, that's that's probably a good way to put it. I mean, my let's just say my, my priorities for two and a half years was strictly making every decision strategically on how to train and be ready for a football opportunity. Okay. Now, now that's kind of second. So I'm still training. I'm still, I came back to Atlanta, so I still have access to that training facility. Um, I still use it. I'm still able to snap when I want to. Um, but it's just become a kind of a second priority. Um, okay. I'm still able to do it at a very high level. And I don't think I've, <laughs> I've lost much at all, okay. if any. Um, but yeah, priorities have shifted. I've got a job looking for, uh, for a place to live. And uh, I guess you could say I'm most likely just starting the, the next chapter of my life in the professional world. Okay. Okay. So what happens if someone calls you um, now that we know the NFL is going to start? Mm-hmm. And um, who knows how it's going to all end up? someone could get injured i mean they the players have trained but it's not like it was a year ago you know there's no exhibition games to you know work kinks out and 
move around and whatever. So a lot of things can happen. So if somebody comes calling, how are you going to handle that? Yeah, that's a, that's actually a super great point. So actually last Friday, um, I got contacted by a guy who works for the new England Patriots. Um, to, and he was just asking for my most recent film and there's what, what they call a short list and that teams keep for each position. And that's like the top two or three guys. Um, in case something happens or, you know, these days, if, if a snapper were to get, uh, the COVID virus, um, Mm -hmm. they're automatically two weeks out and they obviously need to have someone fill in for that. So, so I'm. I guess I would say I'm on the short list for, for the Patriots. If something were to happen, um, I would probably be getting a call for a workout, probably another competitive workout, like with Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. And so my agent kind of facilitates that, but I'm, like I said, I'm still training, staying in shape. Um, it's just not to the degree that I was before when I was a hundred percent in on it. Right. Okay. So in other words, what you're telling me is you're not going at it full time all the time like you were before, but you right. are it's, you are training to stay in position should you get a call. Correct. Yep. And so when at last, I mean, when I was down here in Atlanta, it was there was a, a like a <laughs> amount of calories to eat in a day. Um, there's workouts from anywhere to four to five hours starting in the morning. Um, so that was a full-time commitment mm-hmm. and, and so, yeah, that's just kind of shifted where, where maybe it's only an hour and a half to two hours, three or four times a week. Um, okay. but being 26, um, fortunately long snappy doesn't require you to be able to run a four, four forty like these guys where you need to stay in just the ultimate shape to be pretty much on an ESPN swimsuit front cover. Yeah. So to be, I mean, to be a snapper, it's, it's not the most athletic and, and I don't know how you want to spin it, but, but to be able to stay in shape the way I am, um, it doesn't require that much. Well, I, I think with, 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 with snapping, you, you, you need to keep your technique strong. You need Absolutely. to, you know, and to me, if you're in shape, you're in shape. So you keep your legs strong. I mean, you're working out, but you just don't have to go to the nth degree. I, I don't think that you would even have to go through the nth degree if you were even on a team. Um, you know, you're still going to work out, but you're it's going to be tempered, I'd say. You know? Yep, yep, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, so if you don't hear from anybody, are you, gonna, are you okay with that? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, my, my mindset is, you know, control what you can control. I'm not going to get upset about something I didn't do. And that's that was my point of saving up money in college and mm-hmm. committing 100% my life decisions right after college to doing that. Because I didn't want any regrets. I didn't want to go in um, 50% and be committed here, but not here. Like mm-hmm. I treated it, I treated it as if I was going to get drafted in, in the first round. And that's I think everybody needs to take that approach to give yourself the best chance. I mean, there's so many things that are in your control, but I think there's just as much, if not more, that's out of your control when trying to get a job like this. I mean, there's who your agents in contact with, who his connections have. Um, there's, there's literally, I mean, talk about, it's not 
what you know, it's who you know. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that comes into play a lot with with some somebody on one team used to be a coach of this kid when he was in college. So he has, he can put a word in for him without his agent even saying, I mean, there's, there's so mm-hmm. many different scenarios that all I want to do was make sure I did my best with the hours, 24 hours in a day, um, as far as eating, building my body, how it was required to, to fill the position I was going for. And I did that up to this point and I got, I got no regrets. It was, I mean, phenomenal two and a half years. If that's the last thing I ever hear about it was last Friday from any NFL team. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm in on it. I mean, I got an education. Um, I got three classes left for my master's. So I'm, I'm well set up educationally and, and my resume is good enough to, uh, to start a good career uh, in the professional world outside of sports. Okay. Um, so what 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 is your master's going to be in? So master's of business, MBA. Okay. You're going to get an MBA. Okay, so yes. you're you're in the business side. You want to go into some sort of business? Is that what you're telling me? Absolutely. So yeah, no, I have I got a sales job here in Atlanta area. Um, my long term goal is to eventually own my own business. Okay. Uh, I've got some some ideas that that I've been advised to not share. Um, mm-hmm just in inventive ideas and business ideas um, that, uh, that I want to pursue um, once I get enough capital and get my, my footprint um, into the business world. Okay. So what is your, what is, how has your agent advised you in this situation? What- um, most recently, mm-hmm. uh, he's really just supportive of, of what I want to do. Okay. Um, when you hear people talking about their agent, essentially your agent is working for you. So you're, I mean, you are an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. Um, you are your own business. Um, you are pretty much a, an athletic consultant for organizations, 32 of them, whoever comes calling to hire you to consult for that job, really, that they're trying to fill. Um, so if you look at it more as like a business standpoint, um, He's working for me. He's doing his best he can. He gets paid off of whatever he's got me to get paid off of contracts and and anything else that's come through. So as of right now, he's he's seen he's been an agent for a long time. He's okay. I mean, every year he's got guys that make it that don't make it. He understands and he's super supportive. And that's kind of how our relationship's been. So it's it's been great. It's gonna been a blessing and and he's a great guy. And is he sort of advising? Well, I mean, I know he makes money if you make a team, but um, do you feel like he has your best interests at heart? That um, he thinks that you should continue to try to to snap for a team, or is he um, all in with you going ahead and starting your business career? Um, it it kind of comes back to to when I was talking about having to stay in shape as a long snapper. Mm-hmm. Um, I have more leeway. Um, with that. So he knows, I told him, you know, I'm going to move to Atlanta. That's where I want to be. I still have access to the gym. He goes, Hey, you know what, as long as you can stay in shape and you feel like you're going to put your best foot forward, um, when something comes up, keep going, I'll keep putting your name in the hat and, and see if something sticks. Cause there's been some crazy stories, Cindy, you, you know, sports you've mm-hmm. heard pe- I mean, people get, will get picked up for no reason five years later. Like that, it, it just, Every, any there is literally anything available to happen so as long as i i love doing it anyway so it's not like i'm wasting my time and something i'm not interested in so being able to like, having an excuse to stay in great shape 
um, and keep working out and also live my life outside of that is a great mixture of both. And he said, as long as you're going to pursue it, I'll help you with it. So that's kind of okay. where we're at. Okay. And what is the, the, the lifespan of a snapper on a team? Say, say it does happen and you get with the team. Are you looking at, you know, five, 10 years, maybe as long as you can uh, do it, they'll keep you. It's, it's definitely one of the positions where you can last quite a long time. The guy uh, for Detroit, I believe he's going to be in his 16th year of long snapping. Yeah, Malbach. Mulebach, yep. Mule, and, Mulebach. And, so, and then there was a guy named Pat Manley who snapped for the Bears for about 16 years. Okay. Um, there, there's guys that have done it for a very, very long time. Um, and the NFL average, I think, is – about three years exactly for the lifespan of any player overall. Yeah. And you hear about the guys like Tom Brady, like 20 years or guys in the past that have played 15 to 20 years. So you got to imagine how many people it makes up. Like they only play one year and they're out or they only play half the season and they're out to get that average down all the way to three. Mm-hmm. So it is quite a fast revolving door for a lot of people. Yes. Well, and the NFL is, it, it's it's one of those you know it's the premier league players are going to move in and out of there pretty fast because they're always going to look for the latest and greatest and the best i mean that's Absolutely. just that's just part Absolutely. of that's just part of that business and it seems that you have a good grasp of this is not me this is the business of football and i think some people have a hard time with that at times but it sounds like you are really in command of knowing that it's the business and not you personally. Yeah, no, I'm comfortable, very confident in my abilities. Um, I was the whole time. Um, still am. Um, situations just have to line up. I've been on the good end of those, and I've been on the bad end of those in other situations in life, in college especially. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I've been through it all. I've experienced it. I know what to expect. And all I, I know that the only thing that matters is just that I do my best when given opportunity. And if I do that, I'll never have a regret about anything. Right. And it's not to say that, you know, once we get past the pandemic um, in another year, so that's not to say that the teams won't come calling again because they may be looking for um, someone else, you know, getting getting ready to back that up. You just don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anything could happen. And as long as I'm ready for it, I'll, I'll take that call and run with it. Okay. So... Say, for instance, um, we are a year or two down the road and you've got the capital for this business that you want to start and things are going good. And here comes the Patriots or here comes the Lions or God forbid, here come the Vikings. What are you are you going to sit down and talk to them? And and are you going to go ahead and go in and compete for a position or are you going to be like, yeah, this time has passed for me? You know what's sitting here right now? Um, I'm gonna say uh, I'm taking it, okay. um, but I do I do know um, from all this experience how much different your mindset can change about something in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so life circumstances, um, God willing, uh, I'll be in shape. I'll be able to um, I'll be able to go ahead with that opportunity. If I got something better on the plate, I mean that's that's better anyways, right? So. Mm-hmm. Either way, hopefully I'm set up for success to, to be able to have that 
yeah. um, have that decision and opportunity. If you, I mean, how many people can say, oh, you know what, they're just going to turn down an NFL contract? I don't know that I could turn it down if it were me. I, right. I mean, <laughs> especially if I was in any shape or form to be a, and still have my technique and still be one of the top snappers. I don't know that I could turn it down. I think I, I'd have to say, I'm going to put this, my business career on hold for a second and I'm going to go do this. Yeah. So few people get to do that, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've, I've seen it, I've witnessed it for other people. I've been a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's I mean, life's life and people end up in so many different situations. They never plan. That's just how it goes. And, and God's, God's got my plan laid out. And as long as I'm following that, it could take me through business. It could take me through football. It could take me through coaching. I mean, literally yeah. anything's a possibility. So exactly. I mean, yeah. who, who's to say that you won't get on as a coach or whatever, because you, you do know how to do it and you do do it well. So who knows, you know, I think the sky's still open for you, no matter which way you decide to go. No doubt. No doubt. And I'm, I'm loving it. I'm just, I'm living every day. I wake up. I'm happy. I got an opportunity to, uh, to become a better person every day through um, just growing in my relationship with God, um, growing with my mental um, stability, not stability. That sounds like I'm struggling, but I'm not struggling. It's just going through experiences and, and kind of having mental toughness is kind of what I'm trying to say. And yeah. And dealing with, with business. I mean, there's just a lot of, a lot of stress and stuff going on um, with making a decision to move from Minnesota. So there's so much, so many dots being connected. Um, and, I mean, this is just a life and, and I'm, I'm just along for the ride and, and hopefully following in the right direction. Yeah. How are your parents in all of this? Are they, uh, you know, I know they've been very supportive. Um, are they supportive in any decision, you know, whether or not you still want to continue um, going forward with football or going forward with your business career? Because it probably is pretty tough for them being in Minnesota and you being in Atlanta. Uh yeah, you nailed that one right on the head. Um, so, I mean, you know my parents, at least my mom mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yep. Those people, those two, they, I mean, they have been so supportive growing up. You see you see some parents that force their kids to do things. They don't want to do it. I could have picked anything, um, and they would have been just as supportive. And just me being able to go to college, experience that much success, and have an opportunity to play at the highest level possible is just icing on the cake for them. And they're supportive. They would have been just as supportive of me just going for, for a job um, the day after I walked out of NDSU. Okay. So they're neutral. I think they actually took it harder than I did, to be honest, about, <laughs> about getting released this, this last time in May. Um, I just, at the time when I told them, I could, their whole facial expression, I could just see their heart dropped and they had a heavy heart for me. They knew, that's a that's a dream of mine. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean anything can't happen. We've already talked about that, but mm-hmm. they're fully supportive. Uh, I I love those two, and they've created me to be exactly who I am, and I'm I'm proud of it. I'm happy about it. Um, and like I said, I'm just along for the ride. And uh, if I can make the most of it every single day, then then I sleep well at night. Okay. So if there is um, some young man that came up to you and said, you know, hey man. I want to do what you do. Um, what, what what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, as far as long snapping specifically? Well, long snapping, 
trying to get a trying to get into a good college to long snap, um, and maybe have the same dream to play in the NFL. What what type of advice would you give them? Um, the best advice I have ever heard, and if you have and are lucky enough to experience a good coach, is find a way to contribute the best to your team. Okay. If if you're not as athletic, I'm not going to say I was the most athletic kid coming out of high school, even though I might have had the most athletic success out of my grade, maybe. I don't even know. But learning, hearing, and taking that to heart to just find a way to contribute the best to your team, get on the field, find a way. Um, I think that's the epitome of long snapping. Okay. Um, and that same kid could not even be talking about long snapping. He's just saying, you know what, dude, I know where you've been. I don't know what you do, but I know where you've been. I want to be there. I'm going to say, you know what? Listen to your coaches. Listen to your heart. Um, pray to God that that you just get put in opportunities that that you get excited about. And find a, find a Sydney Nightingale to... <laughs> To film your workouts, um, film whatever you can do to get noticed. Um, use your connections. Use me. I mean, we just met, so use me. Um, if I could help you out, get to NDSU, or I know I've met so many people that have association with different colleges. Mm-hmm. Use those people. I mean, coaches should. Coaching community is not as big as, as it looks. Um, they all know somebody who knows somebody who coached somewhere, and they have phone numbers use it there's i mean these days cindy i don't even know if if huddle was a big thing in my grade no it was not it was it had not really taken off like it has now yeah so i mean it's kind of the standard now but Mm -hmm. either way a phone call is not going to hurt you yeah to show you to show your interest to be able to have them meet and kind of sell your personality that you're going to be a good locker room guy nobody will turn that down yep i think that is awesome great advice and um, you're, you're, what you're preaching is I'm going to give back if someone asks me and um, because someone helped me through it. So those connections with the coaches and other players, and you're right, it really is all about networking. And I think those lessons that you learned at um, high school, NDSU, with your agent, with your dad, because he knew somebody. All that stuff is going to help parlay into a great business career. Hundred percent, yeah. And why? Why would you not want to help out the next guy? I mean, I, there's a lot of people that get sucked into that and they feel bad about themselves and get a selfish mindset. But I got, I mean, I, <laughs> I just, I've never had a problem with trying to help out the next guy. I've gotten texts from other kids in college um, that I've competed against. I've gotten texts from from kids recently I've talked to and it's like kids that played long snapper and didn't, but anytime, anytime you get some success, like I feel like whether, no matter what sector of life it is, I feel like it's, it's way better to spread it than to hold it in. Yep. I, I, I absolutely agree. And I, I, um, I, I, like I said, I couldn't agree more. You are, you're definitely on the right track and I gotta say, your parents raised a nice kid. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would love to hear that. I'm sure oh, hear. I, I think they hear it from a lot of people, but I'm just going to go on the record and just say they raised a nice kid. And I um, wish you nothing but success, whatever 
it it turns out to be in these next few years. I I'm going to definitely keep my eye out and tap your mom every once in a while to see how you're doing. And um, um, I hope you like the the peach state. And you know, hey, it's all going to be good. And you're gonna, you know, I I have no doubt that uh, everything will work out just fine for you. I appreciate that a ton, Sydney. And uh, I know you're a you're a huge helper for a lot of people, and you were definitely a part of of one of my biggest breakthroughs in my whole life of getting into college um, the way I did. So, well, um, I, I, I'll I, take that one. Thank you. But I, you know, you did you did it because you 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 really did work very hard um, uh, to get to NDSU. And if I had a small part in that, I'm really happy about it. Well, you did, and I'll always be grateful for it. Well, it was, you know, it's the least I could do. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway. Thank you for listening to The Sin Bin. I'm your host, Cindy Nightingale. Please subscribe to listen to future episodes.